Welcome back to Kingdom Testimonies. Um, today is Wednesday, November 10th, 2021. Um, so I am going on with my memoir and I left off where we were talking about my mom and I loving to read books. She started a ceramics business in our basement. I want to describe a little bit more about our house. We lived in a medium-sized town. I said small town earlier, but it really, when you look at it, it really isn't a small town. It's, it's kind of a medium-sized town in Minnesota and uh, the house we lived in my my mom and dad lived with my grandma and grandpa when they first started having kids you have to excuse me I I've got some allergies thing here going on but <clears throat> so when the kids were little the first three kids that we had the three oldest the two boys and the girl my mom and dad lived with my grandma and grandpa in an upstairs of an old two-story house, kind of in the middle of town. And <clears throat> right next door, as this town was growing, right next door to their house, they put in a, it was a small, like a little grocery store, like a little general store. I remember it, I was very young um, it was still there and my grandma and grandpa had since moved and, and built a house a couple blocks from where we were north of town, well on the northern edge of town, but that <clears throat> store was still there for many years. And we'd go in there and we'd get like ice cream bars and stuff like that, but and they, of course, all knew my dad and mom and whatever. So after the first three kids were born, I'm the youngest out of nine. So after the first three kids were born, my mom and dad managed to um, buy a lot on the northern edge of town. They built a house, just a ranch-style house, on this block. And they were the first ones to build a house on this block. This is significant. I'm not just rambling. <clears throat> so they were the first ones to build a house on this block. Those grounds out there on the on the edge of town used to be the fairgrounds, and they would have circuses come through the fair. They'd set up the fair there and just, you know, like, I suppose, whatever, rodeo-type stuff, you know, things that they do on fairgrounds. And they turned it into a subdivision. And it was very near a river and, you know, there was another larger town close by. So this is where they put the house. Um, my mom used to say that the land out there, now by the time I was growing up, it was all houses, you know, block after block of houses. <clears throat> but I remember seeing pictures of when 
the three oldest were young and there was like maybe one or two houses going up around them. But my mom used to say that that fairgrounds where they had circuses was haunted. And we thought it was just, oh, okay, this makes for an interesting story. But that's what she claimed is when they first built the house there, you know, that it was, it was just creepy. So, okay, anyway, I'm going to pick up where I left off. Um, I don't know why I love to read so much. It's just ingrained in me. Doesn't make me a better person, blah, blah, blah. I just love it. Mom loved to read too, so her and I would go to the library on the weekends when she wasn't working on her ceramic stuff, and we'd pick out books. She got hooked on Stephen King, and I was reading biographies or teen fiction. Um, <clears throat> now, keep in mind that we are a very strict Catholic family. Um, so we considered ourselves Christian, but in those days at the church we went to, and I went through Catholic school too, all of us did, eight years of Catholic school. So there was nuns, priests constantly. Me and my one sister took piano lessons from the nuns in the convent next to the school and the church where we went. And so at that time, it was, there was no talk about being born again. There was no talk about, I mean, they talked about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you know, the sign of the cross and whatever. <clears throat> but there was no talk of, you know, baptism as an adult or teen, um, you know, baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was a complete mystery the whole time I was growing up. Never talked about. We just knew there was a Holy Spirit, um, Holy Ghost somewhere. We just knew he was like floating around on the breeze. And then, <clears throat> of course, the crucifix in the churches and on the rosaries, you know, Jesus is still on the cross. So we're taught that he was resurrected, but every time we saw a cross, he was still on it. So all of this stuff is going on. There was no Holy Spirit-directed um, convictions. So watching scary movies and reading scary books and <clears throat> stuff like that was, you know, it was like, oh, that's just part of this spiritual world that we live in. You know, not a big deal. I didn't like it. It gave me the creeps. I didn't like it. But that was what my mom was reading, and she was like, these are good books. These are really good books. She had The Shining, and The Shining was a movie. And we watched the movie, and my mom said, the book is so much better than the movie. You've got to read this book. So I read the book, and it scared the crap out of me. And then there was Pet Cemetery, And then... I think they eventually made a movie of Pet Cemetery, but she's like, you've got to read this book. That that pretty much put me over the edge. I think I read Christine after that, um, which wasn't too bad, but I was like, no, I'm done. I'm done with his books. That's just too much. That is too much. That Pet Cemetery one was too much. Okay, so let's pick up where we left off. About this time... Make sure I'm still recording. About this time, movies like Amityville Horror, The Shining, and Poltergeist came out. 
Her and I both read The Shining, so we watched the movie. Then we watched Poltergeist and Amityville Horror. Then she started reading all of Stephen King's books and wanted me to, too. I was getting the eebie-jeebies from all this. I decided I really didn't want to read that stuff no more. I'm going to stop here because I have to work up the nerve to write about what happened next. Okay. Now, this isn't in, in, my, in my rough draft, but <clears throat> I have since, now that my kids are grown and they got little ones of their own, I have told them, do not watch those spiritual movies in your house. You are inviting in every single thing that you are fascinated by. It's a temptation just like any other. It's an addiction like any other. <clears throat> and once that door is open, good luck shutting it. And that's all I'm going to say. So here goes. I don't, didn't want to write this stuff of what happened, and I did certainly did not write all of it. But the Lord told me, yes, write it all that I comes to mind. So let's go on. <clears throat> One night after a ceramics class where my friend Mickey and her mom, her mom came to, I went downstairs to see what was up. I, I typically didn't attend these classes. Um, it was just, a, it was a, a basement full of strangers and I was still had my nervous anxiety, social anxiety stuff going on. Mickey and her mom decided to stay after the class and work on their pieces in mom's office, which was still in the basement. Mickey's mom and my mom had become friends. I sat and visited a while and then told them I was too tired, so I went upstairs to go to bed. I went to my room. <coughs> like I said, I'm sorry. I'll try to pause when I have to cough. I went to my room, which was the green room next to mom and dad's room. Um, I call it the green room because when I was little, they asked me what colors I wanted to, you know, decorate my room in. They were re remodeling the whole house after all the kids moved out. And of course, it was 70s, so I chose green. Okay, green, because I picked out when I was younger the colors when I wanted to decorate. Dad got a big bonus, and we were able to remodel the upstairs. The walls were medium green. The carpet was green with yellow and orange in it. That was the 70s, man. My twin bedspread was white and tan, and I still have it. I'm 58. Childhood issues? Yeah. I had a rocker recliner somewhat blocking the bedroom door because I was a teenager and I was beginning to store things up for when I'd be moving out. The hope chest mentality. My room was full. Across my small room was the closet where the encyclopedias were still on the top shelf, but the closet was also full with things I'd been hoarding for move out day. Other than that, I tried to keep my room clean and picked up. As I was falling asleep, I noticed I left my closet door open about six inches. I never left my closet door open, especially since the days when Blaine would lock us in the basement as a joke, and especially since me and Mom were reading scary books and watching scary supernatural movies, which I didn't like. I looked at the closet door and thought, geez, Lisa, when are you going to grow up? You can't even leave your closet door open. You're what, 15? So I stared at it, wondering how long it would take me to fall asleep. As I stared at the opening, I saw a figure starting to emerge. It was on all fours with a dark blank hood. 
In one swift maneuver, I was over the recliner, out the door, through the living room and kitchen, and in the basement, standing, breathing heavily, staring at Mom and Mickey. They started to laugh and said, what in the world is wrong with you? I was embarrassed because Mickey's mom was there and said, oh, never mind, and I went back upstairs, shut the closet door, put on my headphones, and finally fell asleep. I don't want to write about this, but it has become the defining part of my life when I was a teenager, so I have to put it down. And I will tell you why this stuff happens. It's an unhealthy fascination with the supernatural without a solid protection from God in place. It's not any particular religion. It's from reading and watching and ingesting that crap without having any interaction from God's side, like reading the Bible or listening to Christian radio or praising God in our daily lives. It was an open door. That wasn't the first of the things to take place. You can skip this section if you want, and most of the other stuff later on will likely still make sense, but here's the gist of it. I'll try to keep it short. Another time a different friend of mine came over, Emily, and everyone used our back door. Everyone. Mom liked the front door shut and locked. She didn't like the nosy neighbors and one or two liked to come over and just see what's going on in our house. And most of the time she wouldn't answer the door. Friends knew to use the back door, just go through the gate connected to the side of the garage and come on in. Good friends, which were usually just us kids' as friends. So Emily came over one evening, came through the back gate, went up the two cement steps to the back door. As she passed the laundry area in the back of the kitchen's window, she saw two red eyes looking out at her. She promptly got back on her bike and rode the five black blocks home to her house. I called her house phone to see why she didn't come over, and her mom said, well, she did go over to your house. Emily called me a few minutes later and told me what she saw and relayed that she didn't want to come over after dark anymore understandable. My closest friends knew what I was dealing with in our house. My friend Susan said they had problems for a while too and they had the priest come over and bless the house with holy water. She said her older siblings, big family too, had a Ouija board and when her parents found it in the basement and got rid of it, all the stuff stopped. I suggested to mom that we look in our rafters or storage closet under the front steps to see if we had one but she just scoffed the kids wouldn't have had anything like that in this house. I think mom thought it was funny how scared we get all the st at all the stuff that was happening. On a usual basis, basis at night, we hear the cupboard doors opening and shutting in the kitchen. Another night, mom was in the basement, in the office alone. All us kids were out, and I'm sure dad was sitting on the porch swing, sipping on an old Milwaukee. And as she was cleaning a piece of greenware, she heard a big crash, what sounded like a shelf collapse in the next room. She said, oh, no, thinking it would be like a, a shelf full of her student ceramics, and ran to the room, but everything was right where she left it. <clears throat> One afternoon, while we were all in school, she was doing laundry in the rear of the kitchen. She could see out the backyard where the port swing was and all the trees and flowers her and Dad planted together. Behind her was the back door, and across from it was the basement door. She heard a click and looked behind her, and the basement doorknob was turning back and forth slowly. She said she thought one of us kids stayed home from school and was going to scare her and open the door and jump out. So she walked over to the door, grabbed the knob, and jerked it open. There was no one there. But she still thought this stuff was funny. My sisters and I told her this stuff is not funny, Mom. We need to stop watching those kind of shows, Mom. 
She didn't want to stop. When our older brothers and sisters would come home for the holidays, me and Vanny always had to give up our room to them. Before Dad expanded the ceramics classroom to include the entire basement, Andy's room was still left in the basement at the foot of the stairs. When Leah and her kids came to stay, they took Vanny's room, and Blaine and his wife and little boy took my room upstairs. I said, I'll sleep at Emily's, but Vanny said, no, if I'm sleeping downstairs, you're staying in that room with me. I reluctantly agreed. <clears throat> All right, I don't want to read this part, but I will. We had our Christmas celebration upstairs in the living room like usual. Steve's wife sewed Mom a pretty lime green robe by hand. She did excellent work on an old Singer foot pedal machine. It had pockets and a collar and big buttons. Tony, Tony was home with his wife, Kathy. Kevin brought a friend and everybody had their husbands and wives. It was a fun evening. Vanny, my sister, one and a half years older than me, was about 16 or 17 years old and had hung out with her boyfriend for a while drinking. I didn't drink anything that night because I was home all night. We drank as teenagers. I, I'm sorry, it was, we were not a, you know, whatever. It was a typical family. We hid it from mom and dad. Van, well, typically, typical, that kind of family. family. Vanny managed to fool mom and dad that she hadn't drank, so we went to go to bed in the bedroom at the foot of the stairs. The door to the room faced the steps, and we left the light on. We're sharing a twin bed, and we can see right up the stairs to the basement door at the top. Vanny was drunk and breathing on me, and I told her to stop. As she's laughing, I look up the stairs and see the figure from my bedroom on all fours coming down the stairs wearing mom's green robe, except now it had a hood without a face, and it's coming down the stairs slowly one by one. I said, Vanny, what the hell is that, pointing up the stairs? She looks up and instantly says the F word and pulls the covers over her head. Lisa, Lisa, what is that? With both of us under the blankets, it felt like time stopped. When we looked again, it was gone. This was a defining moment in my teenage years. I get rid of all my Stephen King books and told Mom I'm not watching any more of those shows, ever. She still thought it was funny, but as time went on, she realized she was alone in that humor. I spent more time in my room praying that God would cleanse our house. Mom continued her classes until one day she had a massive stroke. I came home and she was laying on the couch, eye and mouth drooping, and couldn't walk. It was a drastic, drastic change in her. All in one day. Mom and Dad were heavy smokers, but Dad had chipped away at his habit until it was only a handful a day. Mom, on the other hand, was at about two packs a day. After her stroke, she was able to start moving around little by little. But we'd have to follow her around because she'd have a cigarette in her hand and wouldn't realize that she had dropped it. Or she'd leave one in the ashtray burning and walk away and it would fall out as it burned down on the carpet. We were finding burned out butts all over the house. We told her she had to be careful and not leave a lit one and walk away, but she had gone into a deep depression because she had to give up her business. Andy tried to take over for her till she got better, but her recovery was so slow that eventually they had to close it down. <clears throat> now I'm going to add this part that's not in here. Um, my mom had two poodles, and since the stroke, she, her mind just changed. It just changed. Dad would still go to work. Um, he was at retirement age, but he still wanted to work. He was in his mid-60s. Um, mom was in her early 60s, but when she was finally able to be at home alone, 
Um, I was still, I think I was, I was still at home. I don't really remember. Um, so I would, you know, we could keep an eye on her. Me and Vanessa could keep an eye on her. But she quit l letting the dogs out. I was working. And me and Vanny were both working. So I must have been 17 because we were, I was in school and then I would go to my job in the afternoons. It was a school work program. And Vanny was working full time. But we'd come home and there'd be burned out cigarettes on the carpet. Well, mom quit letting the dogs out. So they were like peeing everywhere on the carpet. We're like, gross. But that's what saved our house from burning down is she would sit on the couch and her cigarette would drop and the dogs always hung out around her. So instead of peeing outside, they would just pee on the side of the couch and on the carpet right there. And that's where the cigarettes would drop and out of the ashtray, but you get it. So mom sold her kilns and as much paint and supplies as she could, but there were still shelves of half done projects and half clean greenware, some of them mine, sitting on the shelves. Her office went untouched except for Andy closing out the books since Dad didn't know how. Dad was at retirement age, so he went down to part-time and started collecting Social Security. We took, took care of Mom while he was at work. We knew he loved his job and needed to get away. Mom had become bitter and unbearable. She couldn't drive or bathe herself. She tried to cook and was able to do a little of that, but we had to watch her. It was sad. What was affected most was her eyesight. It was difficult for her to read, and watching TV gave her a headache. Life in the house changed once again. So isn't it interesting, and I'm adding this ad lib, um, she could not watch her shows because it gave her a headache. She, they canceled cable. My dad only watched the news and the weather. He, he didn't care about anything else. Every now and then he'd watch Wheel of Fortune with mom. Um, but she couldn't read anymore either. So the Stephen King books, all of those supernatural books she was getting at the library, done. Cable was gone because television gave her a headache. Eventually later she was able to start watching TV again. But <clears throat> so... You know what? I think they kept the cable, but Mom just had to stop watching it. Yeah, because she did She did have cable a little later on. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So all of that had to stop. And so all of the activity in the house stopped for the most part. You know, I mean, it was just like done. Okay. About this time, I met Gary. Where are we at with time? Okay, about this time I met Gary. Mom and Dad really liked him. He was the best friend of Vanny's boyfriend. I had sworn off dating after a few bad boyfriends, but I knew Gary was different. I knew God had led Gary to my door. I was still living at home, about 20 years old. Plans of moving out at 18 were a bit foiled by the life change at home, but now mom was better and her and dad were spending more time at the lake. They had a lake lot at a place, and this is, I'm ad-libbing this. <coughs> and I think I'm going to end here with this ad-lib. Um, 
they had um, a, ta- a, a place at a lake where my dad had grown up. And so his aunt and uncle still had, and cousins, still had um, cabins on this one lake. <clears throat> so we had gotten a lake lot there in the campground, which was across the road. Um, there was two lakes. It was weird. There was two lakes, and they were connected by a resort. And so his relatives were on one side of one lake, and we were on one side of the other, but we were in walking distance. It was weird. So we spent a lot, a lot of time there, and it was so fun. They would have weddings there, but they didn't care if the people in the resort, you know, came and danced at the weddings and stuff. You know, they would section off an area for their guests to sit, but... It was a huge reception area, and so it was just fun. It was it was fun, and um, I never really dated anybody from over there. I mean, there was guys we would hang out with that kind of lived in the area, but there was really nobody that was like, you know. And my dad pretty much put a stop to that anyway, because he's like, I've known these people for years, and they're not very good people, and so I don't want you dating anybody over here, you know. So we just we just would bring friends from home there um or they you know like people would get a campsite or whatever and we would just kind of sit around campfires and things like that and it was just fun um so around but around 18 years old me and andy were going to get an apartment together she's my sister that's a year and a half older than vanny we were going to get an apartment together and we picked one out and her and I were both working um I was working at my uh school thing I I had just graduated and so I had full-time income she had full-time income um the job I had with the school carried over into full-time and then she met a guy and moved out with him and I was like oh boo you know she knew that I was kind of didn't care I was I was kind of upset but it was like no I mean you got a boyfriend you guys are they were planning on getting engaged I'm like no it's good it's cool I'll stay I'll stay at home mom had her stroke and me and Vanny will be there and you're helping mom with ceramics me and Vanny can watch her and it was all about that same time so 18 years old, 19 years old, drinking age in Minnesota, go to the bars here and there, still living at home, no bills, saving up money, all good. And then um, about 20 years old, that's when I was like, I'm sick of all these guys that I've been meeting. I didn't really meet a lot of guys at bars. It was like friends of friends of friends. But we were going to the bars, and I was just like, no, this, I had, I had a bunch, like not a bunch, of boyfriends but a few boyfriends you know like you do when you're a teenage girl and I was 19 going on 20 and it's like you know I'm just sick of guys I'm just sick of it I'm taking a giant break from men and I am not going to date anybody right now I'm just gonna be single and just try to figure out what God wants for me even though I was Catholic I was getting serious about what God wanted for me. I I prayed a lot. I went to church every every Sunday and every holy day and 
followed all the Lent and all of that kind of stuff. And But I was just like, you know, Lord, well, at the time I wasn't saying Lord. You know, God, there's got to be more to all of this. There's just got to be more. And I'm not dating anybody who just wants to get laid or, you know, it's just, I'm, I'm just not... You know, I was not loose. I did not sleep with a bunch of guys. I just was like, I could see that that was pretty much all they wanted, you know. And I'm like, I'm just done. I'm done with the pressure. I'm done with all of it. And so I quit dating. And then I met Gary. I went to a bar with my best friend, Liz. And we it, this this bar was like, 30 miles away it was like a lakes bar in minnesota lakes bar and so we didn't drink very much because we knew we had to drive home but um we were 19 and i met this this one guy and his name was matt and he was kind of hitting on me and whatever and he was really loud and and very animated and he wanted my phone number. I said, you know what? Um, I'm not going to give you my number, but I am going to bring my sister here to meet you because she is so much like you. I'm not like you, but I think you and her would hit it off really well. So I did. So I said, next Friday night, I'm going to bring Vanny here. If you want to meet her, you be here. So ne the next Friday night, me and Vanny went. And the bar isn't open anymore. It's called the Broken Wheel. And <clears throat> so I brought Vanny there. And just like I figured, them two hit it off big time. So I was pretty much alone the rest of the night because they were just like all into each other. And I, I thought, that's, that's great, though. That's great. You know, and... Um, so they had a they had a really good time and they started dating and not too long after that and I'm still ad living, not too not too long after that, uh, Matt would come over and he's like I got a friend that I think you should meet, he is single also, and he he had lived in another state and he just moved back, um, and I think you guys would hit it off. So he set up a blind date for us. And I'm going to end it there. All right. So I made it through three pages. <laughs> uh, didn't get very far. But that's, that's what you need to know for the rest of the story. So I'm going to leave it there. Let me go up here and change this to page 8 as my marker. Where we're at, 31 minutes. That sounds good. Okay. And I'm hoping this auto-saves. Something happened where I don't have my little sidebar stuff to sh to um, to show me how to save, share, blah blah blah. It's I don't know what happened to this. Okay, save. Yeah, I'm I'm just praying it auto saves. So until Friday, I pray you have a blessed day.